Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. TCK Potters, happy Saturday. Daniel is out for the first portion of this episode, but we'll taking you out with news and notes. In the meantime, I'm joined with my longtime brother, Curly, discussing some potential trade targets in our new segment, All In, Check, or Fold. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Anyone want to play poker now? Guys, what's the first lesson in poker? Never bet on the, uh... No, uh, leave emotion at the door. That's right, Topher. I'm all in. Pot limit bra. Without looking? Without looking. Pretty sure he looked. I'll see you 2000. And, um... Look, can I just bet everything I have left? It's weak. No one's gonna buy it, and you shouldn't be selling it. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, what the hell? I feel like being silly. I'll, I'll call. I don't care about the money. I'm just going to outplay the guy. I'm just going to outplay this guy this hand. Curly, good evening, buddy. How are you? Doing good. It's it's the it's trade season. Trade deadlines are coming up, so I'm excited to to, to talk some trades uh, and playoffs. Did, did, playoffs, playoffs are just around the corner, so we need to we need to start playing. Dude, I ahead. love that drop coming into the segment too with the money, the Pink Floyd, the money sounds. You know, it's like, dude, this is. 
this is money season, dude. This is where you put your money where your mouth is. And, um, yep. you know, I kind of, uh, <laughs> it's funny that I say that cause I literally did like the opposite of what I just said to do. Um, <laughs> this morning I put in a, put in a trade. I was, a, it was a three, three player trade both ways, uh, this morning in the listener league. But, uh, I, I need to make a push here. And, uh, Zach Ertz, who is my dog, I've been repping him. I, I said he was going to be the number one tight end in the preseason. I had him ranked number one in the preseason. He's my dude. I drafted him. He's my man. Love Zach Ertz. But he's also one of the few players on my team that I have right now in the listener league that are kind of that playing at the highest level. So he's kind of my top trade target. I figured he is easily by far and away the best tight end right now at the position. But I knew that. I was gonna. Ha- I was able to get multiple pieces for him potentially if I was able to move him. My receivers are stacked as I pulled off Julio last week. So my receivers in that league are Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and now Mike Evans as well. So my receivers are beastie, and I was able to scoop up Nick Chubb uh, as my running back as well. So the whole trade looked like this: I gave away Zach Ertz, Keelan Cole, and Mike Williams. And I got Mike Evans, Vance McDonald, and Nick Chubb. So, you know, player for player, I may have lost that bet. I don't think that I did. Um, But for my team, I have plenty of receivers. So getting rid of Keelan Cole and Mike Williams was no problem for me at all. And I basically traded Zach Ertz for Mike Evans, Vance McDonald, who I think, you know, has boomer bust games. So we'll see what happens there. And Nick Chubb, who I think is going to explode pretty soon. And I need running back help. So I was pretty stoked with that trade. What do you... What do you uh, think about that? I know it's hard to think like I, I got rid of Zach Ertz, but what I got back considering I don't need those two receivers, they were basically just kind of free receivers I could dish out. How do you feel about that trade? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely uh, in favor for you because, you know, it's pretty much Ertz for Chubb and Evans. Uh, and, yeah, I think what Ertz is probably, what, a second round, a late second round. Yeah, I think I got pick, him. I think maybe? I got him in the third, but either way. Well, go, well, going, going, like if the draft were now oh. with, with how they're oh, playing this sure, season, for sure, for sure. Ertz is yeah. definitely, so I, I look at it like Ertz is definitely a second round pick and, um, and Chubb and Chubb and Evans would probably be second. I mean, Evans for sure, a second rounds pick and, and Chubb, Chubb would be a late second round pick uh, going forward possibly too. So, so yeah, I think you definitely got the better end of that, uh, that trade there. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I, I felt good about it. I had to, you know, do some research and make sure I wasn't losing my cocoa beans there. Cause again, to, to get rid of the number one player at their position, I mean, Zach Ertz definitely isn't girly, but he's basically the girly of the tight end position and there's not many of them, you know, Kelsey, uh, is there, um, but Gronk isn't Gronk, you know, Ebron's going to fall off pretty soon. Um, Trey Burton is coming around, but hasn't been amazing. So it's been interesting, but anyway, stoked with that. So we'll move on, but that was just a trade that I pulled off here this morning. So I wanted to mention that. Good yeah. Trade. Thank you very much. So for, I like Chubb. I like Chubb. Yeah, same yeah. way. So uh, for this uh, for this segment last week, we went over a handful of uh, names that we wanted to throw at you. This week, um, we want to um, you know give you some more names. We're going to give you three, four, five names at each position and run it down. Do you want to let the listeners know you know what the status of these players are for the most part here? Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, this, this is just a good list of guys that, um, you know, that maybe they're injured right now or they're just underperforming. Um, and these are just – it's just it's a great list of guys to think about targeting, especially if 
uh, the playoff pictures are looking good for you. So, I mean, why not, you know, why not take a stab at Dalvin Cook or Sony Michelle um, and, and send, send them off or trade them uh, for a team who might be desperate for wins right now? But if you don't need wins right now, you can kind of trade for these guys, stick them on your bench, and come playoff time, you're stacked. Um, so, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, playoffs, like I said, playoffs are quickly approaching. So it's time to plan. Ahead. Yeah, really quick. And, and a um, reminder for the listeners, if you're playing in your leagues properly, your fantasy playoffs start week 13. I made a post about this on Instagram, not week 17. So the NFL goes through week 17 and then they start the wild card and everything week 18, 19, 20. But in fantasy if your leagues are run appropriately and you're not playing week 17, which you should not be doing. If you're in those leagues, don't be in them next year. Um, Cause half of the teams don't even play their starters that week, especially if they're in the playoffs, which we'll get into later on. But if you're doing it properly, the, uh, the fantasy playoffs start week 14. So your season ends week 13. You need to be in the playoffs by week 14, 15, and your championship is week 16 of the NFL season. So just a heads up for those of you that might be new to fantasy football or not necessarily thinking ahead that far. Um, so we're in week eight right now. So we have week eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13. So it seems like a handful of weeks, which it is, but very quickly here, uh, <laughs> we're going to be down the nitty gritty. So if you need to, if you're a 500 or you're a handful of games underneath, you need to start making some moves. If you're up in the top tier and you're undefeated or you have one, two losses, um, these are the players that we're maybe speaking more to you. And uh, next week, maybe uh, we can make a point to focus on some of those players um, that you might have. Say, uh, for example, Le'Veon Bell, um, Melvin Gordon, um, Zach Ertz, uh, somebody who's a really big name and who's crushing it but you, your team is not doing very well. So you can sell off one of those players for multiple players, right? So you might be able to get three guys for Alvin Kamara or something. So you don't, you hate to get rid of that name, but it could definitely benefit you if you're able to get pieces because right now your team needs pieces. Somebody else just needs one player. So it, it could be a, a win-win. So without any further ado, let's get into this. Um, first name on the list here, we have uh, Jameis Winston. These are names that... Um, We've had uh, listeners send into our email. So again, please send uh, any, any trade talk or uh, roster situations you might be confused on and need advice. Send it into tckpod at gmail.com or uh, DM us. Um, send a direct message on our Instagram page at the Candlestick Kids and just give us a name and, and we'll, uh, we'll throw you on here. Um, so some of these names here at the quarterback position, uh, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Stafford. So why don't you uh, pick through these a little bit, Curly, and I'll, I'll back you up here. Sure, sure. I think Winston, yeah, Winston is a good quarterback to target. Um, if, if, if quarterbacks are a little tough when it comes to trades because it seems like there are there there is a plethora of them. The leagues season, are different, too, you can do with the four-point four touchdown and the six-point <laughs> touchdown, so just a heads up there as well. Good, good point there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, QBs are a little tricky to trade for, but uh, yeah, if, if, if I needed a quarterback going and I'm looking at playoffs too, um, I, I would, I would probably look at trading like a high, a high flex dude. Um, if I'm trading away Jameis Winston, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for maybe like a high end uh, uh, wide receiver too. Um, probably not going to be able to squeeze out a running back too. Maybe if you package Jameis Winston with somebody else, but, but yeah, I, I would definitely target Jameis Winston if you, if you need a quarterback, because I mean, especially this past week, 
what do you have? 10 rushing attempts for 55 yards and a touchdown, um, throwing for 365 yards. So, uh, and his schedule coming up, um, it's, it's looking pretty darn good. He's got Cincinnati and Carolina. Washington is a little tough. Um, then he has the Giants, San Francisco, Carolina again, New Orleans, and so on. So he has some really favorable matchups there. Um, so yeah, if, if you, I don't know, maybe if you have like a, a Drew Brees and you're a little worried about the running backs um, taking a chunk out of his yards, his points, uh, yeah, maybe um, maybe make an offer for Jameis Winston, a solid flex guy. Uh, you, you might be able to get a steal there. Of course, it's all team dependent as well. You mentioned, you know, a, a wide receiver tour or whatever. Like, it just depends on what your team needs. Um, now, with Drew Brees and Jameis Winston, are you suggesting that maybe you go Jameis Winston for Drew Brees straight across? Would you do that? No, like, I, I would hang on to Drew Brees and, and just, you know, maybe have two quarterbacks. If, if, you, if, you have, if you have room on your bench, it's hard to have two quarterbacks for sure. Um, but yeah, if you're a little concerned about Drew Brees, definitely don't drop him or anything, but maybe, yeah, maybe grab Jameis Winston if you have some room and then you can play matchups, you know, mm -hmm. when Drew Brees goes against a tough run defense, but they have a soft passing defense, you know, Drew Brees is probably going to get some points. So, so just some, yeah, just some stuff. A note really about. quick on Jameis Winston. He does have a nice schedule leading up, but the semifinals and the championship game, he plays at Baltimore, which is gnarly. Yeah. And he plays at yeah. Dallas, which actually the Dallas cornerbacks have been really solid this season. So maybe an interesting uh, play. I think Jameis would be great up until the championship game. But I think this is a great yep. time of year to start holstering, uh, you know, backup running backs, uh, backup quarterbacks, and start playing the matchups. I think you're absolutely right, and especially if your team is undefeated. One, two losses, you can start kind of, you know, dropping dead weight, trading away dead weight, and really just, you know, solidify your team with solid people and, and uh, guys that have upside as well. So good call on that. Um, I'll take uh, Deshaun Watson here. Um, sure. I love Deshaun. He's he's certainly been slumping the last the last two games. He's had uh, 177 and 139 yards passing, um, no more than 25 pass attempts. Definitely concerned about that. Again, he got his ass kicked uh, against Dallas in Week Five, um, and really, let's see, he had 34, 32, 40, 42, and 44 pass attempts in the first five games of the season. The last two weeks against Buffalo and Jacksonville, two quality defenses, but still, he's at 25 and 24. So he is definitely gun shy. Um, I think they're, you know, he's hurting. He's got some rib issues. Um, he's only thrown three touchdowns once this season. He's only thrown one touchdown the last three weeks. So I'm definitely concerned about Deshaun Watson, although this is what we're saying. I think he's a buy low candidate. I think he's somebody, I think he's somebody you could pick up. And now he has a decent schedule coming up. Miami at Denver by week, Washington, uh, Tennessee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and then in the semi and the championship game, he's got at the Jets and at Philadelphia, who has a great defense, but they can definitely be thrown on. So, you know, another guy that you could definitely have as like a backup maybe. Um, to our next guy, uh, potentially Aaron Rodgers, who's a crazy name to put on here, but, uh, but you know, always <laughs> always somebody to talk about, man, because these big names get traded too. And again, he's starting to pick up his pace, and uh, you could really, if you're looking to trade Aaron Rodgers for some reason, say um, – Say you have Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins, uh, something like that, right? Um, I, you know, you maybe you could stick with Kirk Cousins if the rest of your team's great, and you can fend off Aaron Rodgers, who's on fire right now and starting to get his grips, and maybe get you know a great running back, a great receiver, you know, maybe a tight end and an RB two, 
something like that. So just, you know, realize who you're dealing with and always team, you know, trade to a team that needs this player and see what they have in return. Yeah, for sure. And you might even be able to buy a little low on Rogers since he is, um, he is still a little injured and kind of giving around and, and, and the team is, is a little shaky too. So you may, you may, you may be able to get a steal for Rogers. Yeah. So and that, that's why I like him. If on not, this if not this week, then you might be able to wait a week. Um, because I think like we, you know, we mentioned in the, in the previous episode that I think he's going to do, you know, well enough against the Rams, uh, who can actually be thrown on a little bit, but, I'd be shocked if he goes off for 400 yards and four touchdowns or something. But if he throws like 250 and two touchdowns, which is considered a down game for Rodgers, that might be a whole nother time where you can be like, yo, like, you know, it's, it's the time of year where people are going to start to get nervous about these guys. You know, every game somebody blows up, people are going to be like, holy shit, I need that guy on my team. If they play not as well and they have down numbers, no matter who they are, they're going to be like, oh, I can't have this guy on my team if he's going to play like that. Right. So you can really capitalize this time of year for the next three, four, five weeks on people, um, depending on these bigger names, uh, exceeding expectations or dropping below. So I like Aaron Rodgers a lot on this list as well. Um, if I would, if I'm able to grab Aaron Rodgers for for, uh, you know, say a Drew Brees for Aaron Rodgers straight across, would you do that coming up? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, because I don't think you, Aaron Rodgers has that running back core to worry about where Drew Brees right. certainly does when we saw that last year. Okay, fair enough. Um, moving on, uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, this was an interesting one. At first, I thought, man, yeah, this is a great opportunity to buy Stafford low, uh, especially with those three wide receivers, uh, uh, the new court, the new coach, too. Uh, so they were a little shaky at the beginning. And so you got to think that they're – going to bring it together and that Matthew Stafford will, um, you know, sooner than later, he'll, he'll start to be on fire and he'll start slinging it and bringing in those points. But then I looked at his schedule and his schedule looks pretty darn tough going forward. He's got uh, Seattle this week, which is okay, but then he's at Minnesota, at Chicago, then he has Carolina, then Chicago again, then the Rams. So he... Yeah, the Stafford at first I thought he might be a good buy low, but uh, looking at that schedule, I, I don't I don't think I want anything to do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, his there. his his schedule is pretty brutal from here on out. But the worst part of his schedule is the playoffs. Week week right. thir- week thirteen, yeah. which is the which is the last week of the the fantasy regular season. Week thirteen, he's got the Rams at home. The next week yep. and the first week, he's got Arizona Cardinals on the road. I think Arizona's defense, you know, is not very good, but they're also not terrible. And it looks like Patrick Peterson is not going to get traded. Therefore, that's definitely a challenge. And uh, next up in the semifinals, he's at Buffalo. Dude, Buffalo in what is that going to be? That's going to be December. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Minnesota, and then he's, then he's got Minnesota 16. in the championship, and then he's got, uh, so, you know. I mean, those are four brutal games plus Chicago. Honestly, dude, I don't, I mean, and we saw last week, he had 22 pass attempts last week at Miami. The running game was excellent. Carry on Johnson, the beast. We talked about carrying Johnson last episode. I think carry on's on the rise for sure. But if he's on the rise, that could mean that Matthew Stafford's going to calm down a little bit. And Matthew Stafford is, he's thrown two touchdowns in the last four games. He's only thrown for three touchdowns once. Um, He's, he's only thrown for 300 yards two times this season. I'm definitely concerned about Matthew Stafford. And frankly, if you can move him for a low end, maybe a, a you know, a upside wide receiver three, maybe 
or a um, wide receiver or you know, running back three or something like that straight across, or maybe a tight end who's doing well, I would, um, I would move off of, of Stafford. I see no reason to buy Matt Stafford. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Let's move on to the wide receivers. We've got um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Demarius Thomas. So both Broncos, which we'll get into in a second, Keenan Allen, and Stefan Diggs. So let's see which players we're going to be all in with and which players we're going to fold on. Um, let's go with uh, Emmanuel Sanders first, who's been such an interesting player this year, man. He's killing it. <laughs> I mean, he's playing very, very well. He had two kind of dud games, um, but he's playing very, very well. And uh, he's had no less than 11 points in PPR and just around 25, 30 and three others. So he's doing well. And his upcoming schedule at KC, Houston at home, a bye week in week 10. And he's got the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bungles, the Niners, the Browns, and the Raiders. Dude, I'll take them all. Yeah. Yeah, that's some really good matchups. And um, I'm, I'm a little torn on this on this one, though, if, if I would want to be all in or fold. Because um, he was definitely somebody I was targeting for the past couple of weeks. Um but his price definitely got a little more expensive, after, especially after he blew up you know, an, another 100-yard game and another touchdown. Well, and now that he throws touchdowns, you know, that's another. <laughs> and he throws touchdowns. Holy shnikes. So, so yeah, I don't know. This, this is a tough one with Emmanuel Sanders because he's, he's a little pricey. Um, he has a track record of injuries, too. Um, there's trade rumors. So, I think – yeah, so so if you if you could get Emmanuel Sanders for not uh, not too expensive of, of a price, that's a great buy. I think he's a solid wide receiver too, or maybe you know, maybe you could slip him in at your flex if you already have a wide receiver too. Um, so yeah, if you if you don't have to spend too much on Emmanuel Sanders, I'm definitely all in. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I I totally agree with you. Actually, I think uh, Emmanuel Sanders is the the uh, Denver Broncos receiver to go all in with if you're going to do that. And, you know, we're going to talk about Demarius Thomas here in one second, but uh, Cortland Sutton is another name to keep on, to keep mm -hmm. on track. And, and Cortland Sutton's probably a guy you can scoop off of waivers potentially. So go and look uh, for him off of waivers, because if you can grab a Cortland Sutton for free, I would go do that. Um, but if you need to make a move, then I think Emmanuel Sanders is the, is, is the man there. So let's talk about his teammate here, Demarius Thomas. Um, it looks like, uh, he is not expected to be traded um, ahead of the deadline, but uh, again, you know that might that might be null by the time this episode comes out. So, of course, anything we say on the podcast is the up to date knowledge we have at the recording of the podcast. Obviously, we're not going to say something if we know otherwise. So, if you know if someone gets traded away or guy gets hurt and we report on them, like clearly. You know, we just didn't know at the time. So as of the time of this recording, it doesn't look like Demarius Thomas is going to get shopped and it doesn't look like uh, Emmanuel Sanders will either. So that being said, what do you think about Demarius Thomas? Of course, he has the same exact schedule as uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I got to say, I just think that Cortland Sutton is starting to take over. I think he's going to get more targets. I think Demarius Thomas is slipping the last couple of weeks. Um, he's been saved by touchdowns. And last week he did not get a touchdown and he only had 42 yards. So Demarius Thomas has had 100 yards once this week, uh, this year, he's had three touchdowns total. And um, he had a game of 18 yards, 24 yards, uh, 42 yards. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not very excited about Demarius Thomas. I would, I would fold Demarius Thomas for uh, really, 
anybody else. I mean, like, okay, Demarius Thomas or Marvin Jones. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I man, I, originally I would think I would think Marvin Jones, but we just looked at the Lions' schedule going forward, and it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, the Broncos schedule isn't too tough. So, yeah, I know this is a really interesting move right here for me. I think, I, you know, I have Demarius Thomas in our listener league, and I am, I am, I'm sick of him, and I just kind of want to get rid of him. But you can't drop him. Um, but you can't drop him. So, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to trade him away, package him away. Um, but if you have, you know, if you have some room on your bench, um, you could get Demarius Thomas for dirt cheap. And you could, he might be an interesting stash because again, these trade rumors, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but Sanders, he, he gets injured a lot. So if Sanders goes down um, and plus he's a great wide receiver and he's not that old or anything. So it's only week seven. So Demarius Thomas, he could be a sneaky buy low and just stash him on your bench. And he could be solid for the second half of the season. Um, but that's a very risky move, move too. So uh, super risky. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Know. It's 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 interesting here. It's it's really interesting to watch. So pay attention to to Demarius Thomas for sure. And and like you said, Cortland Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that 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 makes it a little riskier as well. Cool. Fair enough. Let's move on to Keenan Allen. Who uh, Keenan Allen is on a buy this week. So I think that's important to acknowledge. And uh, we want to make sure that you know that because sometimes you can scoop a player when they're on a buy. Because, of course, him being on a bye means that he can't help anybody. So um, if you're willing to wait it out and sit, like I, I traded last week for Julio Jones in two different leagues, and I knew that Julio Jones had a bye this week. So I knew I was going to have him for one week, and then he was going to sit. But my uh, the owners I was trading with also knew that and didn't want to deal with that. So I was happy to take Julio Jones. My teams are strong enough. I won both of my weeks um, with him. And he'll sit this week, and hopefully I can win them both again. And then I'm going to have Julio Jones the rest of the season. So feeling good about that. So just to, just to keep an eye on that for Keenan Allen. Um, his schedule coming up, he's at Seattle in Week 9, Oakland, Denver, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. He's got at the Chiefs and then Jeez. Baltimore in the championship game, which Jeez. I don't like at all. So his playoffs are rough. Um, but he uh, has a decent schedule moving into it. Uh, we saw yeah. in London last week, we saw – Mike Williams catch a 55-yard touchdown, and we saw Tyrell Williams catch a 75-yard touchdown. Keenan Allen had just five catches for 72 yards. So he is he's only hit 100 yards one time, and that was opening day against the Chiefs, and he has one touchdown on the year. How do you feel about Keenan Allen, man? I don't know. What's going on here? Why do you, <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. I don't have him on any of my teams, and I don't – He also know, started not, pretty, not... pretty slow last year as well. He started slowly – and then, dude, the last, remember last year, the last like six games of the year, eight games of the year, he was like the number one receiver by far. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Williams aren't really doing, I mean, Tyrell Williams is doing, he's blowing up like the, this, this week well, and last three week. Three catches. <laughs> they just happen to right, be 50, 50 yard the, touchdowns. The Williams aren't, Williamses aren't even doing anything mm-hmm. either. So I'm, I'm, and they don't have a tight end. So I'm really confused as where <laughs> where are all these passing yards so so it, yeah it, 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 the chargers are definitely looking like a playoff team uh possibly a super bowl team like that a lot of people predicted uh in the preseason so i gotta think it's a matter of time 
for Keenan Allen until he starts blowing up. And yeah, this is a great, great, great buy low opportunity. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually get out there tomorrow morning and start sending out some trade offers. Yeah, I agree. And if you can, um, if you can package, uh, you know, two, I think Keenan Allen is is a big enough name, and everybody knows what he did last year. I think you're gonna have to go two for one for Keenan Allen, but I would, I mm-hmm. would do it. I would certainly do it. Um, if you had, I don't know, let's see, uh, just off the top of my head, maybe like Emmanuel Sanders, who's been on fire, and Marvin Jones for Keenan Allen. How do you feel about that? Am I? Yeah. I too would, much? That's that, that might be too much for me, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think maybe just a, a straight-up trade of Sanders and Allen, maybe that might be a good move. Okay, fair enough. Just testing the waters. How about uh, how about Keenan Allen or um, Jarvis Landry? Keenan both Allen both kind sure. of set on PPR. Not a lot of touchdowns. Rely on catches. Rely on yardage. Keenan Allen, better offense. Yeah, I'm going to take Keenan. Okay, Allen, better fair enough. Offense. Just testing the waters. Better quarterback. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's uh, go into two more receivers here, and we'll move on to the running backs. This is a big one, dude. This is a big one. Stephon Diggs. Um, yeah, dude, I love Stefan Diggs, man. I, I was only able to scoop him in one league, unfortunately this year, just because I think he was just the hot shit, <laughs> but, uh, I love Stefan Diggs. Of course the man, uh, is Adam Thielen, but I just think Stefan Diggs has, has gotten completely overshadowed by Thielen, which I think is awesome. Um, I think that's an opportunity to go and scoop him. Uh, his, his upcoming schedule isn't amazing, but it's also not too bad. He's got new Orleans this week. Who's getting better? He's got Detroit next week, which again, let's make a quick caveat. He's going to get the number one receiver, or I'm sorry, the cornerback, number one cornerback from each team. So Thielen is amazing. Okay. But Thielen is as amazing as he is because he plays in the slot. When he plays in the slot, he latches on against the third string cornerback, a free safety, and or a linebacker. He's going to beat every one of those guys. Diggs is having to face the number one option on the defense. So that being said, he's got Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, for New Orleans, not good. He's got Darius Slay uh, for the Lions, not good. He's got the he's at the Bears. He's got the Packers at home at New England. Then he's got Seattle, Miami, and Detroit again in the playoffs. So a little bit worried about that. But if Stephon Diggs could somehow be your uh, wide receiver two and or your flex, and you can buy him low right now as he's been slumping. Let's see. Let me read off really quick, and you can respond. Um, last two weeks against Arizona and the Jets. He has three receptions. Let's see, 11 receptions total for 66 yards. He had 14 targets last week and only caught eight of them. So he's definitely getting the targets. Um, he has mm-hmm. he has 13 targets, 10 targets, 15 targets, 11 targets, five targets in Arizona. Uh, but he was up against Patrick Peterson, not worried about that. And then um, 14 again last week. So he's certainly getting the work. He's just not connecting with with Cousins. So personally, I love Stephon Diggs if you can if you can grab him. Yeah fantastic by low opportunity cool and uh this next one here i'll let you take it away on julian edelman yeah yeah, yeah. so so with julian edelman um yeah he, he's a he's a solid he's a solid target if you need a, a, a solid flex guy he's not you know maybe not a great by low opportunity because i think uh the the points that he's put up his first couple of weeks back i i think that's what you're, you're gonna get um, so not, not a super buy low or buy high guy. You kind of, you, you, you buy what you, what you see, what you get, you get what you see, uh, type of deal there. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's just kind of like some quiet, a quiet wide receiver just in the background there. And if you can pick him up, maybe if you have a second quarterback or maybe if you have a second tight end and somebody really needs a quarterback or a tight end, I think he's a great, uh, a great flex option to, to stick in there. Um, you know, very consistent. Uh, and again, not a super high ceiling. Uh, some, some weeks he'll, he'll definitely blow up, but, but yeah, I think, I think he's a great, uh, solid flex option. Okay. And, and per this recording again, um, uh, we don't have a ton of news on Gronkowski and or Sony Michelle as far as the, the upcoming, you know, next few weeks. The Patriots have a bye in week 11. It's week eight, so they play at Buffalo, they play Green Bay at home, and then they're at Tennessee, and then they have a bye. I would imagine, without being a doctor or know anything about the Patriots, I would say that if Sonny Michelle's dinged up and if Rob Gronkowski's dinged up enough to not even travel with the team last week, mm-hmm. they could potentially sit those guys out for potentially three weeks where I think they could beat the Bills and the Titans definitely without those guys. And they might even be able to skate by the Packers without Sonny Michelle and Gronk at home. So they might sit those guys till the bye. If that happens, super hypothetical, but potential. Gronk certainly had injury issues and Sonny Michelle has uh, issues leading back to college. If Sonny Michelle and Gronk miss, how do you feel about Julian Edelman um, without them? Now, last week, Sonny Michelle left pretty early and Gronk didn't even play. But uh, Julian Edelman had eight, and, eight targets, five catches, just 36 yards. Yeah, so he had a pretty similar week to his uh, to his to week five and week six, which I was surprised um, honestly because I thought he'd I thought he'd really yeah. pick it up. But Josh Gordon is killing it. <laughs> but yeah, but they have Josh Josh Gordon and Chris Hogan. So uh, so Edelman, Hogan, and Gordon. It's going to be a thing. And um, yeah, I was a little surprised with Gronk out, but. But yeah, it, it, he he had the same stats as he put up the, the the two weeks before. So, so yeah, I, that, that's a good point that you do make. But uh, it doesn't look like it may, it'll be that much of a factor. Cool. And in the in the after the bye week, really quick, uh, weeks twelve through sixteen, he is at the Jets, Minnesota, which is tough, at Miami, at Pittsburgh, and then at Buffalo. But again, Julian Edelman's not going to get the number one receiver, so he's plays in the slot. Um, so he'll be able to escape a lot of those top cornerbacks. Um, if he stays healthy, I think, uh, you know, Julian could be a decent player, but at the same time, I think he's just going to be a check. Honestly, I don't know how much you're going to be able to get for Julian Edelman. And I don't know that I'm going out to, you know, go all in on Julian Edelman either. So I think I'm probably just going to check on him. Good. Fair enough. Okay. Let's move on to the running backs here. Uh, first up is Dalvin cook. You want to take that? Sure. Well, we have Dalvin Cook and Sony Michelle, and they're kind of in the same boat. But, sure, yeah. Um, Injured and – well, Dalvin Cook is just like – dude, this geez. this situation is, is getting out of hand here. Yeah, well, it looks like it might be uh, another month. Yeah, well, it sounds like, so. yeah, week 11, dude. <clears throat> I mean – So, so yeah, same thing here with Dalvin Cook. Uh, if, uh, if you're – if you only have one loss, two losses, and you're looking at playoffs, uh, if you have the room on your bench, it's – Dalvin Cook might be a good steal. Um, it's a little risky though, because he, you know, he he might not come back. But um, uh, yeah, it, it's a little risky. So don't spend too much on Dalvin Cook. But uh, but yeah, if, if you have some room on your bench, he's a great stash uh, for uh, when you get to the playoffs. And if you, you know, extra running back depth is always good to have when playoffs come around. 
but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little risky though, right? I totally agree, man. Yeah. I mean, they have uh, Minnesota has their buy in week 10, so he'll be sitting out this week. Um, he'll most likely sit out next week in week nine, and then they have a buy. So that gives him three more weeks to rest up. But then even so they're at Chicago, which I don't like, I would sit him there just out of safety. Um, <laughs> At Chicago, I don't like. They got Green Bay at home, which is going to be a divisional game, which is scary. They've got New England on the road, which is, I mean, you know, New England's going to put up points at home. So he might get – he doesn't get game scripted out because he can catch the ball. But honestly, you know, he hasn't even done much in his NFL career, unfortunately. So we don't even know if he's going to be that kind of guy. At Seattle, which they're going to be battling for a playoff position, I think that's going to be a really tough game in Seattle. Then he's got Miami and at Detroit in the playoffs if you make it that far with him. A couple weeks ago – I was really kind of reaching out to the Dalvin Cook owners and just be like, hey, man, test the waters. Like, who do you want? What do you need? I've got these options, yada, yada. Because I was kind of like, look, I'm feeling pretty good. I'll just sit on on Le'Veon Bell. I'll sit on Leonard Fournette. I'll sit on Dalvin Cook at like week five, six. Now I'm like, dude, get those guys the hell away from me. (laughs) I, I don't. I don't even care. You're not, you're not, not going dude. near it at all anymore. I'm full yeah. on folding. I'm full folding. And I, I didn't want to. But but here's what scares me. I'll take out week four. So Dalvin Cook's only played in three games this year. And, of course, he missed all of the season after – what did he get hurt last year? Week four, I think? Week four or five? I think, early, I think earlier than that. I think, yeah, I think it was four. Anyway, um, but he missed, you know, say 12 games last year. Comes back. Looked good in preseason, but they didn't use him much at all. He had like a couple rushes, but looked okay. Comes back against uh, San Francisco opening night, 16 rushes for 40, 40 yards, uh, six carry, or catches for 55 yards, not bad. Against Green Bay, another 10 carries, another three catches, not bad. Misses against Buffalo in week three. Week four, he comes out against the Rams, 10 carries for just 20 yards. Then he got hurt and he was out. But, dude, that's two yards per carry, bro. I mean, the Rams are really solid, but – that's not going to cut it. So I honestly, even a healthy Dalvin Cook, man, he's missed so much time. I'm really worried about it. And honestly, Latavius Murray has looked really good. So right. they're not really in a hurry to, to bring him back. And Latavius Murray's young too. So I don't know, man. I'm really concerned about Dalvin Cook and his career, to be honest, if he misses the rest of the season for some reason. But I, I don't – I was going to go all in on him. I'm glad I didn't. And now I'm, I think I'm going to fold. Yeah. It's, it's a little risky now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think uh... – uh, <clears throat> I was I was the same thing with uh, Len- Leonard Fournette too a couple of weeks yep. ago, but now no way I want Leonard Fournette. So, all right, sorry Dalvin Cook. So uh, he played four four games last season, three games this season. So he's played seven games and he's he's, he's carried the ball about a hundred times. Well, and he got he got hurt in two of those games, so he's he's yeah. really only like completed five games in yeah. a year and a half. That's uh, that's really scary as a running back, dude. Yeah, it sucks. So, okay, well, let's move on uh, to Sony Michelle here. Uh, why don't you go first on Sony? Yeah, Sony way uh, way safer of a uh, buy low candidate here. Again, if if a team, um, if you see a team in your league who owns Sony Michelle and they're hurting on W's, they need a win now. Uh, he, you know, he might be out a couple of weeks, um, uh, maybe a few weeks top. So it sounds like it's just a sprain. So nothing major with Sony Michelle. So he's a really a much safer buy low candidate. Um, I don't know what what do you think about giving away for Sony Michelle? Maybe like a uh, a solid wide receiver too. Yeah, sure. I mean, again, that, is that a little pricey? Yeah, I guess. See, I I rather when I think about this and especially giving advice, 
I don't want to say like positionally what I would give away because it's so team dependent. It dude. depends. It's just yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Like, think about it. If you are after Sony Michelle and you have no running backs, but you have a shit ton of receivers, I'll give you two receivers for Sony Michelle. If I have running backs, but I still want Sony Michelle, I might give you two running backs. Cause I'd rather swap them. You know, it's just kind of weird to think of it that way, just for me personally. So, so honestly, I don't know. Um, how about, how about this one, dude? which I'm going to – you and I might pull off a trade here on the podcast, so we'll see what happens here in a minute. But um, <laughs> what what do you think about – let's take a healthy Sony Michelle and David Johnson straight up. Oh, switching – oh, trading for those? I would, I would much rather have Sony Michelle. Really? Yeah. Have you seen the Cardinals play lately? <laughs> sure, sure. I just – David Johnson just scares me. I, I you know, I, I, yes, Byron Leftwich, new play caller, uh, but no. I mean, after after watching the Cardinals play last week, I don't want anybody on the, on their teams. And Sony Michelle, Patriots offense. I mean, they run the ball every time they get to the red zone. Yep. The Patriots run. They they have the highest run percentage of any team in the red zone yep. over the past couple of years. Yep. They run the ball so. So Sony Michelle easily for me. Okay, fair enough. And he's got three weeks also, and he's not going to play this week. Um, but again, they could potentially keep him out until week eleven. But he could all. I just mentioned all this during the Edelman, so I'll save it. But they could potentially keep him out, or he could come back in the next couple of weeks. But I'm definitely worried about him because he does have a history of knee issues. Now, if he does come back, he's been a beast. I love Sony Michelle, and I. I mean, I think you kind of have to check while he's injured. But once we figure out the magnitude of his injury, I could. I think yeah. I would very quickly go all in on him if he's going to definitely come back this season. Because I think people are going to be bummed that he's hurt. He's got a buy coming up. He'll probably miss a couple of games. They'll forget about him. And I think this is a great buy low candidate potentially. So keep an eye on Sony Michelle. Let's move on here. Uh, we've got a handful of names. Um, let's look at Christian McCaffrey. Sure, you want to take this one to start? Yeah, I mean, I, you know. I, it could be another good buy low. <laughs> yeah, it could be a good buy low. But first of all, if you're in a standard league, then you could just fast forward, you know, yeah. two or three minutes. If you're, <laughs> if, you're in a, if you're in a PPR league, what I'm going to say is the first, you know, dude, if I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now, okay, 10 rushes, 50 yards, six catches, 45 yards, eight carries, 37 yards, 14 receptions, 102 yards. 28 carries, 184, and then he had two catches and 10 yards. Then he had a bye week, and then he had 17 carries, 58 yards, five catches, 35 yards, eight carries, seven carries. Dude, something's going on here. And he's played mm-hmm. he's played good defenses, Washington, Philadelphia. He's got Baltimore coming up this week, which I don't like at all. So I'm, right. I'm not making this trade this week. Um, right. I'm a little bit worried about it, dude. And you know what's, you know what's kind of extra bugging me? It's not like CJ Anderson all of a sudden is in the picture, which I, I, you know, I call my shit. And like I said, Daniel and I are going to go through all of our preseason predictions at the end of the year and let you know what we nailed and what we missed on. Um, I, I've been very open about this on the podcast. I should have missed. I didn't hate on McCaffrey, but I thought CJ Anderson was going to be a big deal. And um, he just isn't. He's absolutely invincible. But that's what scares me even more is they're just not utilizing McCaffrey after that buy. Um so for fantasy purposes, I'm worried about that for sure. Now, his second half schedule starting in week nine. So he plays Baltimore this week. And then listen to this, dude. 
Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Seattle, Tampa Bay again, Cleveland, Saints, and the Falcons, who have given up the, the most receptions to running backs over the last four years. He gets them in the championship game. I don't. Yeah. I, dude, this week, maybe, we'll, you know what? We should throw McCaffrey on next week to see what he does after this Ravens game. For this week, I'm going to check. If he does well against the Ravens, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. I think I, I agree there. Check and uh, looking at that schedule, definitely potential for all in. And again, like I'm, like I said, this is a PPR thing. So, um, welcome back, uh, standard league listeners. Uh, we're talking now about Carry On Johnson. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Carry On Johnson too because uh, he's he's my man, and um, I. I'm, I'm all in on carrying on Johnson, dude. He's a real deal. Uh, I've got him in a couple of leagues. Uh, I don't, somebody would have to send me a, a, a hefty load to get carry on off my back. Um, I'm really stoked on him. They came out of their buy and he had eight, uh, 19 carries for 158 yards, um, two reception for 21 yards. Now I know Theo Riddick was missing, um, but it's not like he was huge in the, in the passing game necessarily. He just ran for 158 yards and LeGarrette Blunt stole his touchdown, which is garbage. I'm a little concerned about his schedule. He's got Seattle, Minnesota, Chicago, Carolina, Chicago again, and then the Rams, but the playoffs look a little bit better. Arizona, Buffalo, Minnesota is not good, but that should be a close game. So they should be using running backs. So personally, I'm, I'm all in with, uh, with carry on Johnson. I think Matt Patricia is turning this team from a past uh, pass first option into a uh, potentially a run first option. We just talked about this with concerns about Matthew Stafford. So um, I'm feeling it, man. I'm, I'm folding Matthew Stafford and I'm all in on carry on Johnson. Yeah. I'm going to fold on carry on Johnson. Um, I do. I, I like him as a running back. I, I believe in his talent, but LeGarrette Blunt getting 10, 10 carries this week, uh, week seven, and then uh, week five, right before the bye, getting 12 carries. So, uh, Legarrette Blunt is still a thing, and he's still stealing touchdowns as well. Uh, and you know, Carryon Johnson's coming off 19 carries for 158 yards, so this is a good opportunity to uh, trade trade him away for you know trade him high, trade him high. Um, a good opportunity to trade high. And yeah, if Legarrette Blunt wasn't there, I'd be all in for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm a little a little concerned about LeBlanc. Okay, fair enough. So you would you would um, you would fold on carry on Johnson right now? I've yeah, I'd, I'd fold and uh, yeah, trade trade him away and and maybe get uh, get get a running back and a wide or a wide receiver. What about uh, what about carry on Johnson for David Johnson straight up? I would much rather have David Johnson. Okay, even with the offense, could you just mention you weren't stoked on the offense? Right. How about uh, yeah. <laughs> how about uh, carry on Johnson and let's say I don't know, um, maybe a Dion Lewis or like Kenyon Drake or you know uh, Corey Clement, somebody like that, like that pair for like Le'Veon Bell, dude. If you could pull that off, that'd be sick. I don't know if I want Le'Veon Bell anymore though. Oof, oof. All right, because what. But it's tough, and you know, is it going to be? Because I think it's going to be a split backfield between Connor and Bell when he gets back. So I don't think either of them are going to be that valuable when he comes back. It's it's really, uh, yeah, just stay away from Bell. My advice, my advice to the Le'Veon Bell situation is, I want both him and Connor on my team, or neither of them. I know I've been trying to trade for Bell, 
dude, but, you uh, have to you have to get Bell, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth it anymore. Oh, man, I, I think he will be. Unless he gets injured, I think he absolutely will be. Um, but let's get into that next week when uh, when those guys when he actually comes back. So I think he'll he'll come back week ten. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, all right, last up on the running back position, we're going to go with Nick Chubb. What do you think about Nick Chubb? I'll, I'll follow up here because I uh, did make a trade for him this morning. So I'll, I'll go into Nick Chubb here in a second. But what do you? Yeah, think you got saying? him, and uh, yeah, I tried to trade for him last week. Uh, uh, wasn't successful. Um, yeah, I'm all in on Chubb. I, I like I like what I see there. Um, and with, you know, with, uh, with your uh, young quarterback, you definitely need to run the ball. You don't want to, you don't, you know, you don't want to leave everything on your young quarterback shoulders. So I think, uh, I think Chubb is going to be a huge part in that offense going forward. And, uh, yeah, I'm all in on Chubb as, Ooh. as it seems you are as well. Love to hear that, man. Love to hear that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm stoked. He's at Pittsburgh this week, so I'm actually not expecting too much out of Pitts, out of uh, Chubb this week. I just think Pittsburgh's run defense is, is a little bit better than uh, their pass defense, so their pass defense gets a lot of shit, but I think that their run defense is going to be solid. They're at home. They're not going to take the uh, Browns lightly, so unless there's a big run here, I don't think he – he um, you know, has a big game per se, but he did have 18 carries last week as the bell cow with uh, Carlos Hyde now in Jacksonville. Um, he had 80 yards. He did have three carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns a few weeks ago against Oakland. He's certainly able to do it. He was a beast um, at Georgia with Sonny Michelle. He and Sonny Michelle were teammates uh, last year in Georgia, which is amazing. Um, but uh, his upcoming schedule after Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Atlanta, bye. Cincinnati, uh, Houston, Carolina, Denver, Cincinnati. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. So I am clearly all in on Chubb as well. So um, stoked to hear that you you agree there because that was a big trade for me to get rid of Ertz. But I I feel I feel comfortable <laughs> about it tomorrow. Sounds like you were really stressing about it. That's well, I was. It's just like, dude, again, like you know, Ertz is Ertz, man. First of all, I just I believe in yeah. the guy. Like I I called my shot on Ertz and I got him and I've been touting him all off season. Then I get him, so I'm stoked. But then I'm just like, man, I need some help otherwhere, uh, uh, elsewhere. And that's what yeah. I think I'm telling listeners is like, dude, sometimes you have to put your personal bias and personal love for players aside because what is best for your team is best for your team. What's best for my team right now, of course, the number one tight end is great. But what's best for my team right now is a rising running back, solidify my receiver position, and get a, you know, Vance McDonald is, is not amazing, but he does have some big game potential. I still have Dallas Goddard. Uh, so if Zach Ertz happens to get hurt, then I basically have Zach Ertz all over again. So I'm I'm sitting pretty, man. I feel good about that. Yeah, yeah. And the Browns have been in, I mean, <laughs> how many overtime games? So so the Browns are definitely not getting blown out. No, they're, they're competitive. They're in, they're in close games, so they don't need to just throw the ball to catch up. So, yeah, they. I think uh, – I think the run game is going to be a huge part of their game plan going forward. So Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is definitely a good buy there. Cool. Well, let's move on to the tight ends. We've got a couple names left, and then uh, we'll turn it over to Daniel for news and notes. So let's get in here. Here's a here's a a tricky name, Jack Doyle. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness, I've got uh, I've got Jack Doyle in in in, in a league, and I can't remember. I can't remember who my backup tight end is, but uh, th that's how bad he is. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know his name. Uh, and, and there are no tight ends on waivers. I, I'm like 
five and one or six and one in this league. Um, so I haven't really needed a tight end, but I really need a tight end and there are none on waivers. So finally I saw this morning that Jack Doyle is questionable. I've never been so excited to see a player be questionable with injuries, but, uh, so yeah, we have uh, Jack Doyle. Um, he might be, he might be another, I, I'm all in on Jack Doyle. He's another solid buy low guy. Uh, and, and, you know, Andrew Luck is looking really good. He's looking really, really good. Um, how many times they throw it, they throw it anywhere from 30 to 60 times a game. Jesus. So Doyle's definitely going to get his targets. Uh, they're long BFFs. Uh, so they'll, they'll definitely be a bromance when, you know, Doyle's first game back, he's going to get probably 10 targets the first quarter. Um, sorry if you have Eric Ebron. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you have to drop him or, or freak out on Ebron just yet. Um but yeah, I, I, a little bit of regression coming for e, Ebron. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm all in on Jack Doyle. Maybe maybe wait a couple more days to make sure he's practicing and he's good to go. Um, just to, just to be on the safe side. But yeah, I, I think I think this is a great buy low. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think uh, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, man. I was going to make a point for for the, the Ebron situation, but I think you're. You're totally right there. Um, it's week eight, so he, they're at Oakland this week, and he's questionable as of right now. He did get back to practice, as you mentioned, this week, so that's a good sign. However, um, they could – he's been out since week three, so they could potentially just get him a full week of practice this week, not play him on Sunday, mm. because I think the Colts are going to be able to get by the you know Raiders no problem without Doyle. So yeah. not, not play him this week, go into their bye – and get him fresh and get a full week of practice there and then get him back into the scheme. You know what I mean? Like he's been on the team a few years. He and Ian uh, Luck two years ago were on fire. He'll be just fine, but he has been away from the game for, you know, six weeks. So I think, you know, I, just a hunch. I, I think if you're, if you're stoked on Doyle, which it sounds like you are, which is good, just certainly monitor this before, yeah. we, you know, even if it's, it's a questionable, <laughs> he's, he's probable, like he's probably going to play, you know, we've been hearing this with Leonard Fournette for five weeks that he's going to play. And then Sunday morning, he doesn't. So be careful with Jack Doyle. And again, I, my hunch is that he practices all week. He looks really good. They, you know, all the analysts tell you that he's probably going to play blah, blah, blah. And then Sunday morning he's inactive and they sit him, even if he's healthy, Set him against Oakland. The Colts stomp Oakland. They go into their bye facing Jacksonville, which they're going to happen to have a nice game plan against that defense um, in the division. And I think that Doyle comes out week 10 versus Jacksonville. So I think you got two more weeks – or well, one more week really of them playing. So one more week of uh, Eric Ebron in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. And um, let's see. Who do we have? Oh, boy. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Uh fold it's really? it, just a full fold just an automatic, automatic well right fold. when you see back right when i read the word back i just don't i can't risk trading away any players to pick up gronk um if i own him i'm gonna probably check um or sell i mean yeah if you can if you can fold him for if you can fold something. a gronk i know but what are you gonna get for a gronk that He's he's ranked ninth uh, among tight ends right now, and he hasn't done anything. 
and it's a back injury. You know, that's really scary because he's had back injuries in the past. So, and um, his upcoming so, schedule looks looks pretty rough, dude. I mean, Buffalo, which I don't even know if he'll play this week. He's got Green Bay, which is actually pretty good against the tight end. He's got Tennessee, who's great against the tight end. Then a bye week. So again, we mentioned all this earlier with Edelman or uh, and and Michelle. I think he could just. I mean, if he's hurting that bad, dude, and he's missed, you know, games over the years with his back and all these other injuries, they might just sit him for the next three weeks until his bye week. Yep. Because, I mean, if, you know, they're going to have to – they're going to have to – I promise you, Bill Belichick would much rather sit Gronk for three weeks, even if they lose one of those games, which I don't even think they will. But even if they lose one of those games, he'd much rather sit him for those weeks, sit him for the bye, and come out week 12 and have 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 of a healthy Gronk going into the playoffs. Yep. So yep, yep, yep. I'm definitely yeah, worried about so... Gronk too. I'm not as immediate to to get rid of him per se, but <clears throat> I'm certainly concerned about Gronkowski. Yeah, if you're 6-1 and one, um, and you have room on your bench, definitely stash him on your bench and, and save him for playoffs. Um, yeah, if you're if you're hurting, <laughs> if, if you're, you're, you know, 2-5, 3-4, and, two and, and four, uh, it might be time to package away Gronk uh, and fold. So, uh, quick question before we move on, though. So, who the heck is – usually there's a backup tight end that's a, that's a hot pickup. But For, there's no backup tight end. It's Dwayne Allen. But no – but he's not – like, he's not a hot pickup right now. Like – well, no, because the Patriots – the I mean, the Patriots aren't even used. I mean, they also have Jacob Host, uh, Hollister. Hollister, right. But, yeah, so – okay, so if, you, if you're going to be picking up uh, the backup tight end, if you know that Gronk is going to miss a month, um, which tight end – which one of these tight ends are you picking up? I mean, I, I'd pick up Dwayne Allen. Right. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because usually they have like two or three tight ends. But on dude, the team. I mean, honestly, honestly, like that's not going to do. Any, I mean, look, Gronkowski didn't even make the trip to Chicago last week. Okay, Dwayne Allen played in his position. Dwayne Allen didn't even receive a target last week. No, he didn't get any. So, that's so why you're I'm not, so confused. Yeah, no, I mean it's Gronk or bust. I mean, honestly, yeah. Brady is just going to say, "Hey, coach, let's take these terrible tight ends off the field and just give me Josh Gordon." Give me Chris. Yes, give me Chris Hogan. Give me Edelman. Give me Philip Dorsett. Give me Cordell Patterson. Give me James White. Give me Kenyon Barner. Dude, all those guys can catch passes. Are you kidding me? They're not even going to run the ball next week. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just a little surprised because you know how they love their tight ends. But... Well, sure, but I mean, a couple years ago, you know, when they had a, uh, you know, when they had multiple options, you know, they had uh, Aaron uh, Hernandez. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, but they also had. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm slipping this right now. No, they had uh, – who the hell did they have last year? Not Eric Ebron, but uh... – oh, damn it. <laughs> Silly. We'll, we'll, think, I, we'll think about it. But, but either way, you know, they have, they have these, uh, these other options, you know, which I think is, is just, you know, when, when Tom Brady is able to have double tight ends, they do that. But honestly, I don't even think they're necessarily going to need two. Therefore, just give me all the running backs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not I'm – not, worried about that um uh, um also uh martellus bennett is who i was thinking of that's yeah that's um, who I was thinking of. yeah sorry just kind of a brain fart he's not in the league anymore so he's like he's <laughs> he's like out of my Who's brain yeah my brain just like no only enough space for players in the league Seriously. um let's let's uh let's finish it up here with a uh with a san francisco niner probably the only niner you want on your fantasy team and that is george kittle 
All in, baby. He's he's what he's ranked as the number four tight end right now. Um, he just had a, a really good game, almost put up 100 yards. He just had a great game, so his price might be a little a little more expensive if you want to buy all in on him. But I say go for it. He's he's pretty much the only guy left on this offense. Uh, CJ, you know, he didn't look that great. He didn't look good at all this last week, but. Um, I'm again, Arizona, Oakland <laughs> for the next three weeks, they have Arizona, Oakland and the giants. So, uh, <laughs> I think CJ will do just fine against those teams. And, and yeah, George Kittle, uh, he's a boss. He's a real good tight end. Bro. Did you, did you see this? Um, it's, it's kind of, it's a rumor that I've been seeing on Instagram. I need to look deeper into this cause I think it's hilarious if it's true. If it's not true, I apologize for, uh, for hashtag fake news. But did you, did you see this that, uh, I mean, potentially, and again, I'll confirm this, but George Kittle, uh, potentially said, quote, I had to get back in the game because my fantasy coaches <laughs> needed me to get more points. Yeah, I just saw that on Twitter. Did you Twitter. see that, dude? <laughs> I forget who he was talking to. Yeah, but. <laughs> dude, if that's real, that's the most gangster thing I've ever seen in a post-game interview. I wonder if he, uh, I wonder if he owns himself in, uh, in any fantasy leagues. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got to believe in yourself for sure. Anyway, I'm, I'm all in on, uh, on Kittle too. I mean, at the tight end position, there's so, so little pieces that you can really count on. And, and outside of, let's see, Kelsey Ertz, um, Jimmy Graham, if you're a believer, I'm, I mean, he's been beasting. Mm-hmm. So as long as he's healthy and Rogers uses him cool, I'm still a little gun shy on Jimmy Graham, but, uh, David and Joku, I think is a great mesh. Um, you know, Gronk is Gronk, uh, Trey Burton, OJ Howard. And at that point, I'm probably looking at George Kittle, dude. I'd even go George Kittle, maybe over OJ Howard, maybe over Gronk, depending on his oh, situation yeah. with health, dude. So he's like, he's top five, oh, yeah, six, sure. top five, six, uh, you know, tight end for me the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree. Cool. I really, I really like George Kittle and I think he's got a really nice uh, matchup as well uh, with um, CJ Beathard, you know, as you mentioned, and, and uh, just that, that Iowa connection, man, those guys, those guys uh, run deep. So I, I can dig it. Cool. That'll do it for the week. Uh, we're going to pass it over to Daniel here. But before we go, I just want to give a quick reminder to send your emails to and start set questions to the tckpod at gmail.com email address and DM us on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. Daniel, take it away, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, well, what we have here, Doctor, is um, is an extraordinary situation. Is it? Oh, you better believe it. Now, you listen to me. I want details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. You stay classy, San Diego. And thanks for stopping by. But mainly, stay classy. Thanks for stopping by. Stay classy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Thanks a lot, fellas. Daniel here bringing you the news and notes from the past several days leading up to NFL Week 8. Hopefully giving you everything you need to get your fantasy lineups optimized to smash your opponent this week.
All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. I'll start with my hometown, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, running back Matt, Matt Breida is questionable for week eight against the Cardinals. He's been nursing an ankle injury seemingly for quite some time now. Uh, he was limited Friday after completely missing the last two days. Uh, the return to practice does give him a chance to play this week, but it seems like he's on the wrong side of questionable. Uh, Raheem Mostert would like would most likely lead the 49ers in carries if Breida sits. Uh, in other Niners-related news, wide receiver Pierre Garçon is doubtful for Week 8 against the Cardinals. Uh, he's dealing with a knee injury. This was expected after Coach Kyle Shanahan said that Garçon wouldn't play early in the week. Uh, the Niners are getting Dante Pettis back, but not having Garcon is definitely a downgrade to the passing offense. Uh, but Marquise Goodwin should likely see more targets with Garcon's sideline. Moving on to the Chicago Bears, Khalil Mack is questionable for Week 8 against the Jets. Uh, Mack was not available to practice on Wednesday and Thursday, dealing with an ankle injury the last few weeks. It appears legitimately questionable for Sunday's home game against the Jets. Uh, defensive coordinator Vic Fangio admitted this week that Mack's right ankle injury has affected him and that he's obviously not 100%. Uh, I would guess that Mack's going to try to gut it out, but it's certainly he certainly might uh, be, be playing at less than 100%. Um, in other Bears related news, Alan Ro wide receiver Allen Robinson is questionable for week eight as well. Uh, he's been dealing with a groin injury. Um, he's expected to go through warmups on Sunday morning to determine their final stat determine his final status. Uh, he did return to practice on Friday. Uh, uh, but he is, uh, I would say, a true, like Khalil Mack, a true question mark for Week 8's matchup against the Jets. If Robinson is unable to play, Josh Bellamy will re receive more run on the outside with Taylor Gabriel and slot wideout Anthony Miller likely seeing an increase in targets against the Jets' uh, ravaged injury-ravaged secondary. Moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, seems that their defense is going to be considerably banged up uh, for Week Eight against the Bucks. They've ruled out cornerback Darkays Denard, linebacker Vontae's Perfect, and linebacker Nick Vigil. Uh, for their game this week. Uh, Denard is the Bengals slot corner and Vigil is the defense's leading tackler. Perfect is obviously quite the playmaker uh, in definitely in creative and highly questionably ethical ways when on the field. Uh, but that's sort of been rare this year as well. Um, Adam, Humph Adam Humphreys makes now for a potentially decent dart throw wide receiver three or four in PPR formats, uh, while tight end OJ Howard should have more room to roam over the middle of the field. Uh, moving on to the Buffalo Bills, they're pretty much one serviceable fantasy commodity. LaShawn McCoy has yet to clear the league's concussion protocol. He got in a second straight practice on Friday, but has yet yet uh, to clear the protocol, as I said. He's still on track to play and get cleared, assuming another limited session on Saturday. Um, although he'll likely be thrown into a negative game script against the Patriots, his floor would be safer uh, if, if uh, Chris Ivory, who has also been limited with a hamstring, uh, was unexpectedly ruled out. So this is a situation to monitor, uh, and I would stay tuned. Uh, moving on to the Denver Broncos, running back Royce Freeman has been ruled out for week eight against the Chiefs. Uh, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, this seemed like the likely scenario once Freeman was spotted in a walking boot earlier this week. It's slightly concerning that third down back Devontae Booker could be unleashed on the road in an unfavorable uh, rushing game script for the Broncos, but Philip Lindsay's leading role on the ground and involvement in Denver's passing game still make him an easy high-end running back two in uh, pretty much all leagues. Uh, if Denver somehow manages to keep this one close, I would say Lindsay is undoubtedly eyeing 15 to 20 touches. 
In other Broncos news, uh, Nine News Denver's Mike Kliss uh, reported that Bron- the Broncos will not trade and are not actively shopping Demarius Thomas ahead of next Tuesday's trade deadline. Uh, Kliss says that it's a good bet uh, that uh, he finishes the season in Denver. Uh, the soon-to-be 31-year-old in December is signed through 2019 at, four- at a $14 million salary next year. I would say this, it's a, also a good bet that this is Thomas's last year with the team, at least on that contract. I would, I, I would imagine he's likely to be cut or dealt in the offseason. Uh, but will seem to be seems that he will be remain a Bronco for the rest of the year, at least. Uh, moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Coach Dirk Coder confirmed Peyton Bar- running back Peyton Barber is good to go for Week Eight against the Bengals. Uh, he's been nursing something of an ankle injury, uh, but it seems like he's ready to roll. He's been a relative disappointment. Uh, I would say hopes were not really that high for him anyway in such a pass-heavy offense. Um, he's nothing more than a last-ditch running back three in pretty much m- any week. Uh, moving on to the remarkably disappointing Arizona Cardinals, uh, but with a new offensive coordinator, of course, Byron Leftwich, uh, who said this week that he wants to get Larry Fitzgerald more involved. Uh, he was quoted as saying the plays are still there in him. I don't think he's dead yet. Um, although it included just 79 yards, uh, Fitzgerald did post his best two-game stretch before the Cardinals uh, post Thursday night and f- post Thursday night football mini buy, uh, left which replacing Mike McCoy as a classic. It could not get any worse situation. Uh, and indeed he could end up potentially reviving fits, but at this point I'm still labeling him as just a low end, uh, wide receiver four for week eight. Um, he, uh, new offensive coordinator left, which also said that he wants to emulate ex-coach Bruce Arians usage of David Johnson. Uh, everything was his response when asked what he wanted to replicate from Arians' approach. Uh, he's quoted as saying, I sat shoulder to shoulder with BA every day I was here. There have been a lot of long nights sitting next to him, us nodding off together. Okay, Uh, that means no more slamming Johnson between the tackles every play and much more extensive usage as a receiver or space back. Um, This is what made Johnson a superstar in 2016. So while still, I would say the lack of talent surrounding Johnson remains a significant concern. It seems like his 2018 fantasy arrow might be finally pointed back upward. Uh, and then one last bit of Cardinals-related news. Uh, Mike Jarecki of the Cardinals' official website says that there's zero chance the team trades cornerback Patrick Peterson. Uh, Peterson seems resigned to the fact after initially requesting a trade. He released a statement on Wednesday saying, I've been incredibly frustrated with how the season has gone, but my energy is 100% focused on being part of the solution and helping us turn this around. Uh, I have always given my all to the Cardinals organization, my teammates and fans. This is That is what I intend to do for the years to come. Sounds like we can officially squash all of those Peterson trade rumors, at least at the moment. Uh, Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, running back Marlon Mack is questionable for week eight against the Raiders. He's been nursing an ankle injury, uh, but he got it's noteworthy that he got in a full practice uh, on Friday. That clearly puts him on track to play against the Raiders. Um, Mack's presence would be a significant downgrade to Naheem Hines, who's played uh, sparingly since Mack's initial hamstring injury healed. Uh, Note that the second-year pro handled 19 carries on 56.1% of the Colts' offensive snaps, both season highs in a full-time role just last week.
And the other big news from the Colts camp, tight end Jack Doyle uh, was officially not listed on the Colts' final injury report for Week 8 against the Raiders. He hasn't played since Week 2. He's been nursing a hip injury. Uh, we assume this would be the case after he was upgraded to full participation at Friday's practice. He is ready to make his return uh, again after, after sitting out the past five games uh, with a hip injury. Um, a wait-and-see approach might be the best course of action with Doyle coming off of a long absence, uh, but his return is, I think, a very obvious downgrade for Eric Ebron, who has already totaled a career-high six touchdowns this year. Uh, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys, who, uh, in one of the most noteworthy news items of the week, acquired wide receiver Amari Cooper from the Raiders in exchange for a first-round pick. Uh, the three and four Cowboys, who have featured in pretty much an unwatchable passing offense this season, are going for it in the wide-open NFC East, while the one and five Raiders are accelerating their tank in year one of Coach John Gruden's 10-year, $100 million contract. Uh, Cooper, one of the most inscrutable players in football, he has baffled the past two seasons after beginning his career with back-to-back 1,000-yard campaigns. But of course, it's important to remember he's still only 24 with a shit ton of talent. Um, There are better offenses he could have joined in terms of uh, his production, but he'll very clearly be the centerpiece of the Cowboys' uh, previously receiver-desperate attack. Uh, Cooper is under team control through 2019. Uh, let's see, moving on to the New York Giants, who all have also been active on the trade front. Uh, but before talking about trades, uh, just a minor news item. They signed Corey Coleman off their practice squad, uh, cut twice by the Patriots last month after being traded by the Browns and waived by the Bills earlier this year. Coleman might have finally found a place he can stick around. Uh, the rebuilding Giants are quite thin behind Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard, so it makes sense to see what Coleman can do. Uh, the 2016 first-round pick has 56 career catches for 718 yards and five touchdowns. Um, and possibly more significant Giants-related news, the Saints acquired cornerback Eli Apple from the Giants in exchange for, for a 2019 fourth-round pick and a 2020 seventh-round pick. Uh, The Saints were reportedly in the market for Cardinals quarterback Patrick Peterson, uh, but as I said just a few moments ago, it doesn't seem like they're open to moving their star cornerback. Apple had a rocky run in New York. It is not anywhere near Peterson's level, but has overall played pretty well this season. Uh, It's a good get for New Orleans at, I would say, a pretty great price. Uh, Following this trade, the Saints are now without their first, third, and fourth round picks in the 2019 draft. Looks like the Giants might not be done making trades. Jason Lacanfora reports that teams are sniffing around on cornerback Janoris Jenkins. Uh, the cornerback market is reportedly quite hot ahead of the trade deadlines, ahead of the trade deadline with the three teams. Uh, Lack and Fora mentioning as buyers being the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Steelers. Uh, Jenkins has some quality seasons under his belt, but he is right now Pro Football Focus's 90th graded corner out of 120 qualifiers this season. Um, just in general, it seems like the Giants are going to be big time trade deadline sellers here, so they're going to be a team to watch in the upcoming weeks. Um, Speaking following the Giants' trade of Eli Apple, Coach Pat Shermer said the team has no plans to bench Eli Manning. In other words, even though they are tanking, the G-Men won't bench their quarterback. Uh, Of course, you could easily argue that leaving Manning in actually enhances the tank process, uh, but he is coming off probably his best game of the season. Uh, He'll just be a low-end quarterback, too, against the Redskins this week. Uh, Washington likes to dominate time of possession and keep the opposing offense off the field, limiting plays, so I would not be thinking about deploying Manning this week. 
Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, wide receiver Dante Moncrief missed the Jaguars team flight to London due to a passport mishap, but was able to rejoin the team on Friday. He took a commercial flight uh, across the Atlantic and was on the practice field on Friday. Um, It doesn't sound at this point like there are going to be any repercussions for Moncrief, but it's notable just in case the Jaguars decide to punish him for the uh, mishap. Uh, He will be on the wide receiver three slash four map this week in a pretty exploitable matchup. Uh, He's kind of quietly cleared 75 yards in three or four games, uh, past four games, and leads the team in air yards. Uh, Moving to the Jaguars' very, very concerning quarterback situation, Uh, despite turning back to Blake Bortles as their Week 8 starter, the Jaguars notably will give Cody Kessler practice reps with the first-team offense. So it's making it clear that Bortles is going to be on a very short leaf after his Week 7 third-quarter benching following two lost fumbles. Uh, Jaguars want their quarterbacks to stop turning the ball over, and if Bortles continues to do so, Kessler would enter Sunday's game against the Eagles in London. Moving to the New York, the injury-riddled, I should say, New York Jets. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who's dealing with an, uh, a mid-ish ankle sprain, uh, weren't entirely clear, uh, is doubtful for Week 8 against the Bears. Uh, it seems like he's week-to-week at this point. The Jets are going to go into Chicago with Jermaine Curse as the default number one receiver, followed up by Andre Roberts, uh, Sharon Peak, and newcomer Richard Matthews. Yuck. Uh, speaking Thursday, in more positive Jets-related news, uh, although not for this season per se, uh, Jets coach Todd Bowles said that Bilal Powell uh, is expected to make a full recovery. Uh, he underwent neck surgery uh, ending his season, and, and there was some uh, talk about his career potentially being in jeopardy. Uh, but this is needless to say, uh, great news. Uh, the best possible news for, uh, I would say, the still versatile but soon-to-be 30-year-old back. Um, He's going to be headed to free agency. Despite the full recovery declaration, his health figures to complicate how he's going to do on the open market. Uh, And a last bit of Jets-related news, Quincy Inunua has been ruled out for week eight. Uh, It's been week-to-week with an ankle injury. Uh, Again, with Robbie Anderson also banged up, the Jets might actually throw new, very, very new addition, Rashard Matthews, out there against the Bears. Uh, Jermaine Curse is probably the only one right now in this offense who's moderately fantasy relevant. I should say in the receiving core. Uh, Moving on to the Detroit Lions, Golden Tate was not listed on the Lions' final injury report for week eight against the Seahawks. He started the week as a limited participant at practice due to an ankle issue, but got in full sessions on both Thursday and Friday. Uh, There wasn't, I don't think, ever much concern over his status for week eight. Uh, The Ironman uh, wide receiver has not missed a game in over six years, which is quite an astonishing feat. Uh, He'll be certainly in the wide receiver two mix against his former team. Uh, let's see here. One more uh, bit of Lions-related news. The Lions acquired nose tackle Damon Harrison from the Giants in exchange for a 2019 fifth-round pick. Uh, the Lions' defense has been absolutely bulldozed for a league-high 5.3 yards per carry this season and were in the market for any help they could find up the middle. Um, Damon Harrison is uh, widely regarded as one of the league's best run stoppers. Uh, Snacks, as he's affectionately known, should assist in the trenches immediately. Um, he has garnered pro football focuses number four grade among 169 qualifiers on the interior in run defense this season. Um, he figures to play over Sylvester Williams in an old Allen Branch role in Coach Matt, Coach Matt Patricia's defense. Uh, Harrison is already the second domino to fall for the rebuilding Giants following in the footsteps of recently shipped cornerback Eli Apple, as I discussed earlier. 
Okay, uh, going to the Green Bay Packers, uh, Randall Cobb is listed as questionable for week eight against the Rams. Even coming off of the team's bye, Cobb remains questionable to suit up. Geronimo Allison, uh, on the other hand, was removed from the injury report and will play against the Rams. Both receivers have been nursing hamstring injuries. Rookie Marquez Valdez-Scantling will continue manning the slot if Cobb is ruled out. Uh, slated with the highest total of the weekend, Sunday's matchup in Los Angeles makes for an eruption spot for all of Green base wideouts uh given the rams's recent struggles in their secondary uh probably the only struggle they have at this point uh going on to the uh carolina panthers cam newton uh was not listed on carolina's uh, week eight injury report against the ravens uh he was limited for the third consecutive practice on friday but his activity was reportedly scaled back back for maintenance reasons uh to be sure that he's healthy come sunday he's been dealing with something of a shoulder issue. Uh, Coach Rivera said that there is a no doubt that he suits up against the Ravens. Uh, pretty much a perennial QB1 for his rushing floor alone, uh, but this is looking to be something of an unfavorable matchup in Week 8. Uh, moving on to the New England Patriots, tight end Rob Gronkowski remained limited at Friday's practice. He's been nursing both back and ankle injuries. Uh, he sat out last week's game after having his back lock up during practice, but most reports suggest he'll be back for Monday night's game in his hometown of Buffalo. Dwayne Allen filled in for Gronk at tight end last week against the Bears, but didn't draw any targets. Uh, running back Sony Michelle remained sidelines, sidelined at Friday's practice. Uh, his knee injury wasn't as bad as initially feared, though it's, I think it's likely to keep him out this week. Uh, riding an almost unfathomable hot streak, James White will be an obvious RB1 in all formats going against a Bills defense that just yielded 159 yards to Marlon Mack in Week 7. Okay, moving on to the Raiders. Uh, replying to a question asking whether there's any chance Raiders uh, left guard Kaleche Ozimele is traded at the Athletics, Vic Tafour replied, everyone is available. Tafour has been covering, covering the Raiders for a long time, so we trust he has a good feel for the team. The tanking Raiders have already unloaded Pro Bowlers Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, so why stop there? Uh, owner Mark Davis is one of the poorest owners in the league, relatively speaking, so we're sure he'd be okay unloading more money off the books for a team that is going absolutely nowhere. Uh, Derek Carr, right guard Gabe Jackson, and Osamele have the three highest cap figures on the club. Osamele is 29 and surely wants no part of this teardown and subsequent rebuild. Uh, so just look for lots of trades coming from the Raiders camp in the upcoming weeks. Uh, moving on to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I almost said St. Louis Rams there. My God. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Coach Sean McVay said that Cooper Cup is doubtful for week eight against the Packers. Uh, he's been making good, supposedly making good progress in his recovery from an MCL sprain, but he was never likely to play this week. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods should see more looks in his absence. Obviously, I think we're required at this point to give a Josh Reynolds alert, but he didn't do much uh, last week uh, with uh, Cup on the shelf. Moving to the Washington Redskins, Chris, running back Chris Thompson, who has been nursing ribs and uh, knee injuries, is qu officially questionable for week eight against the Giants. He should, as I understand it, he should be back this week after getting in limited work at practice. This matchup skews more toward Adrian Peterson, though the pass-catching pass back will still merit flex consideration in PPR leagues, especially with so many teams on by. So if he's on your lineup, uh, I would say you can reasonably confidently plug him in there. Uh, wide receiver Jamison Crowder is officially out for week eight against the Giants. It's the third consecutive game he will miss due to an ankle injury. Maurice Harris has been utilized as a starting receiver in that time, but it's amounted to just nine 
uh, nine catches for 82 yards on 15 targets. Paul Richardson, uh, who is questionable with a shoulder injury. And as I said, Chris Thompson are the stronger options, if assuming they suit up. Moving to the Seattle Seahawks, tight end Ed Dixon will will play in week eight against the Lions. Uh, he's been on injured reserve, and this will be his first appearance of the season. Uh, Dixon was officially removed from the injury report uh, and, and, as I said, will make his debut this Sunday. Um, the Seahawks in general have been clamoring for more inline help since the team lost Will Disley to start the year. He'll likely morph into something of a deep league tight end, too, given the team's lack of competition at that position. Uh, time, folks, for your weekly Le'Veon Bell update. It turns out his holdout will continue through week eight. Uh, he told ESPN a few weeks ago that he re- would report to the team between week seven and eight. Instead, it seems he's going to stay away for at least one more week. Uh, on Monday, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport suggested that Bell will hold out through at least the October 31st trade le- trade deadline before report- reporting to the Steelers. Uh, James Conner will continue to operate as Pittsburgh's every down back in the meantime. Moving to the Houston, Texas, one of the Saturn news, Houston Texans, uh, one of the Saturn news items of the past week, coach Bill O'Brien confirmed that wide receiver Will Fuller did indeed suffer a torn ACL in their week eight win over the Dolphins and is done for the season. Absolutely brutal. He exploded actually for a five catch, 124 yard, one touchdown night against the Dolphins before tearing the ACL. Uh, on a deep shot late in the blowout win. Uh, the Texans are now headed into a mini-buy and need to figure out their receiving core. Uh, Kiki Kute was not close to playing on Thursday night. Uh, Bruce Ellington remains on IR and can't return until week 12 at the earliest. Uh, Vincent Smith was next man up against Miami, playing eight late snaps. He's the in-house favorite for the number two role at the moment, but uh, I would say Houston will almost undoubtedly add some help. So keep an eye on them. Uh, let's see, moving to the, uh, sorry, uh, the Minnesota, uh, Vikings, uh, cornerback Xavier Rhodes is questionable for week eight against the Saints. Uh, stud, the stud corner didn't practice all week and seems like a long shot to suit up, uh, for Sunday night's rematch of the Minneapolis miracle. Uh, his absence would be a huge upgrade for Michael Thomas, who delivered a solid seven catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns, uh, in the aforementioned miracle game last January. Uh, in other Vikings-related news, ESPN reporter Courtney Cronin reports multiple league sources have indicated that Dalvin Cook will be out through the Week 10 bye. Uh, it's been pretty much a completely lost season for Cook after last year's ACL tear. He's battled an ongoing hamstring injury suffered last month against the Rams. Uh, he has tried numerous times to practice, but he's seemingly aggravated at each time. The Vikings appear ready to just sit him through the bye week in hopes of having him for the stretch run. Uh, Latavius Murray will continue to carry the load in the meantime time with rookies Rob Thomas and Mike Boone as the backups. And saving some of the best, I think, news from a from a just a human perspective, some of the best news of the week for last. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin will resume team activities tomorrow. He left the team on September 20th to address his mental health struggles, uh, but the Vikings are welcoming him back nearly a month later. Uh, it's unclear if he'll be eligible eligible to play in Week 8 against the Saints, but nevertheless, it's great news to hear that he's doing well enough uh, to be around his teammates. Uh, when he is on the field, he is one of the league's top pass rushers, uh, highlighted by his double-digit sack totals in three of the last four seasons.
Okay, well, I think that will do it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I hope you all absolutely crush your league this week. Uh, make sure you follow, uh, or excuse me, make sure you email your questions and comments to tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids, hashtag tckpod. Uh, sincerely hope you enjoyed the show today, and I'm looking forward to joining you all again next week. For Sky Guasco, I'm Daniel Stancato, and we are Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.